Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners, we're back for a pre-season special. I'm joined by Jimmy, Brownie and Ollie for this one as we discuss pre-season so far, the work we've done in the window, the work we still need to do in the window and a few other bits and bobs as well, so enjoy. How are we boys? Good to have you all back. Good mate. Good Brownie, good. Ollie, you well? Very well, thank you. Good. Jim? Talking to his missus on mute. We're, we're, we're coming in live, live from Spain on this one as well, aren't we George? Indeed. How are you? You well? Yeah, ready for home. Sunburn? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, with us? Yeah, just about. Fair enough. Have you all had a good break? Uh, it's been quite a long one, actually. Yeah, it's been novel, hasn't it? <laughs> just feel like it's gone forever. Looking forward to getting back to normal. Oh, I, I thought it was three weeks till the kickoff, but it's two, isn't it? Yeah. I just lost track of time over the summer. Oh, is that George? Who's peering in? Sorry, it's delayed another five minutes. He keeps meeting fans. Fans keep coming up asking for a picture with George. <laughs> Communicado <laughs> official. Um, yeah, before we start, just a note to let you know, listeners, that we'll be back properly into the swing of things sometime the week of July the 25th. Um, this is just a bit of a, a gap filler episode, just catch up on pre-season and everything else that's gone on. Speaking of which, obviously three games so far, break the, the obligatory victory of pre-season. Um, 1-0 defeat against Tranmere behind closed doors and obviously lost 2-1 against Getafe. What are your thoughts on the games so far, boys, from what you've seen? Dive in, anyone? Yeah, you can tell we're a bit, little bit out, a bit rusty, can't you? <laughs> yeah. To be fair, there's five of us on the call as well. There's five of us on the call, none of us wants to speak. George, have you seen all three games? I've seen one. He Got calls himself the press and North End reporter, and he's only seen one <laughs> pre-season game. Absolutely scandalous. <laughs> I think the Bamber Bridge game, I'm glad no Bamber Bridge player scored a screamer, Jake. Uh, <laughs> Why is that? Because Peter would have had me in the office the next day. Um I found a stream for the for the game the other day, Getafe game, and it decent little game to be fair. Quite enjoyed it. And then obviously, I don't think anyone saw the other game. So still early days. It's been a bit of a weird schedule, I think, because he went away at an awkward time. Didn't have a game on the weekend, did he? Yeah, there was a bit of talk, wasn't there? That it, it felt a little bit late that they'd gone back. Yeah, but obviously Ryan's had him working hard in Spain. 
looks like he's still got a bit himself on the running drills. So seems to have been a good trip. I'm sure George can give us a detail on exactly how the trip went. Yeah, I thought first half we were very good um, yesterday. I don't think Atafe liked a few of our tackles, uh, some of the aggression, but it's funny, we warmed up for like 40 to 45 minutes. The players looked really tired at the end of it. And they just sort of like a 10-minute light jog, um, which I don't think we were very happy about. But towards the end of the game, they looked like far to have far more energy than we did. Whether they knew what it was like in that heat a bit better than us, I don't know. Well, obviously do because they play over there, but sort of blew up, I think, after the hour. And then we had a really young team on, or younger team on at the end. And they were just too good for us, really. But did disgrace ourselves at all. Wasn't a pretty game to watch, really, but throwing the piece, it was a bit, a bit more than that. The whole event was, was a very memorable one. Could George, could you tell the difference in technical quality between the two sets of teams? The second half, yeah. First half, it wasn't. I don't think Woodman had one save to make. I don't think they saw that much of the ball, to be fair. We were right on top of them. But the second half, it was a bit like a cup game against the Premier League team where. You know, you just sort of camp behind the ball and they just had all of it and couldn't really get out. So I think, yeah, in the second half, like players like that, 4 2 and things, you could tell the difference. But they finished 15 last year in La Liga. I don't think they had to be brilliant to win and didn't look an absolute couple of others, but definitely better in, in the second half, yeah. It was their first pre season, wasn't it? So I think they probably, their first pre season games, so they probably took a while to get into it. She's understandable. One of theirs, yeah. 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 I, was. I don't mind that, mate. Have to get on the plane. Uh, All right. The rest of the safe All right. travels, mate. Safe travels, George. George. Yep. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Of course he's gone. He's going to get on a plane, he's just said. Oh, I, I thought you said I'm going to go on mute for the rest of the episode. No, I thought, to be fair, that was a really insightful couple of minutes from George. Anyway, go on, Jim. I was just going to say about yesterday, I watched a little bit on the stream as well. It's a bit similar to why I thought it was fairly physical. I thought it looked all right in spells. I can't really tell you from pre-season though. Like, it, it, pre-season games, what, what what you want to say? Like, it, At least it's not the complete disaster like last pre-season was. Because like, the, the pre-season under Frankie was just a bit of a mess word. It really had cancelled games, weren't really winning, putting in pretty abject performances. And all of a sudden, you go into that whole game and we got absolutely tonked. So, can't, I can't really read anything to it yet. We've got quite a busy 10 days, haven't we now? So, yeah, Accrington, Hearts midweek, is it? Yeah, on Wednesday night and then Leicester on the Saturday. And then we're there. We're straight into the, the games, aren't we? So. I never understand like the, the uproar of pre-season games sometimes when you lose. like You know, it's... I think pre-seasons before, we've done really well and had a Terrible start to the season. I think the, the season we got relegated the Championship, I think we beat Blackburn 3-0 that pre-season. So, they don't really... It, it's the way they play in the fitness levels and as long as you can see signs, it's all right. I think sometimes you probably learn more when you, you know, you, you're losing games. You probably learn more about the teams and tactics and stuff. So, not really much to read into it, to be honest. Well, everyone looked like they had a good time in Spain, though, didn't they? Well, right. exactly. That's the main thing <laughs> for that trip. Yeah, it looked incredible, didn't it? I think fair play to those that helped organise stuff and 
ferry people around and all that sort of stuff. It's kind of been easy, but equally look like they've had an absolute blast. There'll be a few sore heads coming home over the next day or two on the planes. Well, it's all going off on this call. George in the airport. Jimmy's been kicked out of his house. Making too much noise, apparently. Oh. <laughs> Shambles of a return, this. <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. It's, it's, it's just one of those where you just have a sort of... Just get like it out of the way. It's like the first pre-season game. Yeah. You're just feeling your yeah, way back it into it. Yeah. <laughs> Forgetting what it's like to talk to people. Hmm. I think it's a good point to make that, that a lot of the work off the field just seems bang on at the minute, doesn't it? Season tickets and the trip abroad, everything from like a PR perspective for the club is going really well, isn't it? And you could see afterwards, like the pictures with all the fans and stuff like that. I just thought it was bang on me. And they seem to be, I don't know what's changed, but there just seems to be a little bit more of a, an understanding of how things work now. And, you know, that, that interaction with the fans and stuff like that, whether it's low, um, I'm sure he plays a part in that, but they definitely seem to be getting it right off the field, I think. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that feel-good factor carry, is carried over from the back end of last season, from when Ryan came in. Um, whether or not that continues into the season, I think two factors will affect that, and that'll be how the transfer window plays out, which obviously we'll come on to in a little bit. And on paper, we've got a, a fairly generous start. Um I know football isn't played on paper, cliche alert, but it is a fairly generous start. And I think if we don't make a good start, then that sort of goodwill could run out quite quickly. I think he's got loads of credit in the bank. Like, I think something if something goes wrong, I think it'll be more blamed on the transfer situation rather than Lowe himself. But yeah, I think even you could even see just like with the fans and stuff yesterday at the end how much he's brought them together. Obviously, the club are really milking it, like getting Ryan in all the social media things, which fair enough, he's very good at. Um, so I think the fans are right behind him. And I think, obviously, he was very vocal about getting players in. Um, it's gone a bit it's quiet, obviously, but he's put a bit of public pressure, I think, on Peter and on the on. Obviously, the recruitment team to try and get players in because he's made it clear what he wants. I forgot left of the window about six weeks. I think it's yeah. it's one of those where now a lot of the Premier League teams are abroad. You know, are, you know, we look at Liverpool in Singapore, and I've seen a picture set just put on his Instagram. You know, from a high rise in the middle of Singapore. You know, where's Cameron Archer? Is he Australia or something like that with Aston Villa? Always going that way. So. I don't. If we're going to get a Premier League loan, I don't think it's going to be for the next two, three, four weeks. You know, it could be like the week of the season starting, or you know, even after we've kicked off, we get we get a Premier League loan in. So, I get I get we want to get people in, but then if it gets to the thirty first of August, whatever it is, and we we bring in two belters, and we've had no right start to the season, what is it? First, we'll be about six games in by then, including including the cup. Game. So, so we signed two keepers, Woodburn and Brady. I, I don't think it's a bad window to start with at the minute, but we don't need to panic. You know, there's still what six weeks left of the window. 
a lot of players are going to come available in, in that time, you know, and not just in, in, in Premier League loans, you know, players in the Championship will, will come available in that time if they're not fancied in their own teams. You know, obviously it's all talk about Callum Robinson. And if he's if he's not fancied by Steve Bruce and becomes available at a cheaper price, then can we wait a week or two, you know, a week, two, three weeks, potentially? Could be done by Friday, knowing us. But God knows. I think they have obviously like the four signings, but I think one of the things Lowe made very clear was he wanted robust players. I can't remember how many times he said it, but Robbie Brady's the opposite. Um so if they sign another wing back, I suppose you can understand that one. Just going on the point about Premier League loans, there's been quite a lot of decent loans from Premier League teams already. Um, I think Archer's the only obvious one who Villa want to keep around, but I can't really see many Premier League clubs keeping around players who aren't going to be involved. Like Deion Sanderson's gone out, Harwood Bellis, Ryan Giles, Hayden Roberts. I think Doyle's gone out. Um I think a few more in the last couple of days. So I think North End could have had some early moves. I think Ben Davis is about to move. Um, so there has been loans available from the Premier League clubs already, but I've not really seen us linked with any apart from Archer. Um, we're never going to sign Liam Delap, for example, because I just think he's too good. Um, we're not linked with um, who's the lad at Tottenham, not. Pirate, uh, Dame Scarlet. Yeah. Again, whether anything is in that. Um, Someone like like Deion Sanderson, I think, would have been a perfect replacement for Set. Um, I think he might have gone back to Birmingham. Can't remember where he went. Yeah. Um, Ryan Giles obviously would have been an ideal at left wing back. So there has been like a few decent ones that we've missed out on, but obviously the club either weren't interested or they've gone elsewhere, which is fair enough. But I think Ryan Lowe probably wanted. A couple more in by now. Obviously, the Andre Gray thing and then a few other bits and bobs. But obviously, as we record, I think Callum Robinson's playing and he might have got injured for Westborough. So, remains to be seen what happens with that one. I think with like Ryan Giles, like Ryan Giles going to Middlesbrough, throwing money at people this, this window and saying, I think they've chucked ridiculous wages at Daryl Lanahan. They've been linked with a load of, load of players under Chris Wilder. There's players I, I, you know, like Charlie Cresswell that went to Millwall. Like that would have been a decent signing for us. I thought, you know, in terms of him as a player, would would work well in our system. You know, a, bit, a ball playing quite aggressive centre half. Um, so I get what you're saying. I just think there's it's one of those where I don't want to sort of us to bring a player in and waste wages like we did with um, Josh Murphy. Like we we spent quite considerably uh, quite a considerable amount on a loan fee and then a wait like good wages on it for him to be to turn out to not fit anything what we wanted. Um, so I'd rather wait and then get a decent player in rather than one of those if that makes sense. Yeah, I do think I understand your point saying waiting, but a couple of things really is that this season we have got on paper a really good start, like Jake says. And it'd be, it'd be so frustrating if we wasted it by not getting in what we needed before the transfer window closed. Because for a club like us, we are probably one of many that are probably flirting around that sixth place. And to lose out on a few points at the end of the season would be so frustrating if we didn't get things right as soon as possible. Um, and also, 
the club's been saying for ages they've had plans in place since January. Well, then we would have really known a lot more than what we do now and, and probably got some more in. So I do wonder whether they were going for kind of a lot of unrealistic targets rather than actually um, realising what our level is. But I don't know. I, I think they've got a lot more to play with wages-wise, obviously. You don't really know, you know, link with Gray and players like that. Will we... I don't know. Where are we going to get Gray? The sceptic in some others might suggest that those names are being put out there deliberately when the season tickets were on sale on the cheap offer to try I think and there was, shift some more. No, mm. I think there was clearly very genuine interest. There was. Got, there was a re- there's a reason why it went on for so long. You've got to yeah. imagine that was to do with wages. So as soon as another club comes in that's, that can offer more wages, he doesn't join us. Simple as yeah. that, isn't it? Wasn't he getting married in the summer? Wasn't it? Because yeah. it's like getting married in the summer, he's over in Jamaica, uh, he's come back to the UK, and then all of a sudden he's got his offer from Greece and he's on considerably a, a decent amount of money. Europa League football, top flight football in a hot country, you know, decent lifestyle. For me, that's a no brainer. You know, it, you've got to take, take the footballing element out of it, you know, to, to get a better package in a better country to, to live in, um, in my opinion, anyway. And to be playing top flight football and you're and being in Europe at what 30 years old, mm, yeah, I think I'd do that as well. You know, from a career aspirations point of view, people I, I read some people say, like, oh, it's a career ending move. I'm like, well, it's not really. He's going to be playing in you know European football, he's in the Jamaica squad already. So, why not go somewhere like that to sort of continue your, your career in a, in a top flight division? Um, Granny, just touch on something you said before about on the fringes of the top six. Do you think we've got a, a squad that is no, on the fringes of the top six? No, not at the minute, no. But what I'm saying is if at the end of the window, if we did have a squad that was mm. capable of getting to the top six, it'd be frustrating that we'd wasted so many games before that. And then you're losing points, you know, like the other season when we, when we lost out to Derby, you know. You don't want to be in a situation like that again. You want to get as many players in as possible. Um, and the best players you can in. And I just think with the start that we've got this season, it'd be so frustrating if we just let that slip. Yeah. Look at the quality in this league this year. And I was a bit... Last season was such an opportunity, wasn't it, really, when you look back at it. You know, I think we said it right at the start of the season and and then all the way through the year because it was just such a messed up league last year. I I, I see the league being a lot stronger this year. I see, like you know, Sunderland coming up. I think they look strong. I think they've, they've recruited well so far in terms of Dan Ballard and uh, Jack Clark. You know, the Burnley Burnley's recruitment's pretty impressive. They've got a good coach. Norwich are always there or thereabouts, aren't they? You know, again, good manager in Dean Smith. So I, I just look at the league this season. I think going to be Middlesbrough. difficult. If you, Middlesbrough, you know, spending the money you know that Steve Gibson has. You know, West Brom are not going to be as, as bad this season as they were last season. Rovers, what, what do you make of them? Bit of an unknown quantity with uh, we don't. They've not, going in there. They've not signed anyone, have they yet? No. 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 Not spent a penny. Well, Ethan. <laughs> no, exactly not spent a penny. But that's the thing, like, you know, I, I just look at the league this season, I think it's, it's a tough league this year. You know, I think any, I, I think the top six is going to be Difficult to break into. I don't think there's going to be a Luton this season that's going to break into that. Yeah, you might really rise like for. I just don't see Luton's, it happening this season. I the think Luton's, 
Yeah, that's that's good, a, but... I was going to say that's a really good example of building on something last season. Like, obviously, a bit of heartbreak of robbed in the playoffs, obviously, but um, anyone who watched that game would know they were robbed, actually. Um, but obviously, fair play. But they're a good example of a team who's sort of built on. They still had good momentum, even though they got beat in the playoffs, and then they've gone and built on that. And good one. heard that they've built on their momentum from the playoffs. <laughs> momentum. Um, and they have signed some good players already and they've probably got five or six in and they've nailed down like some really good players um, Woodrow, Carlton, Morris, even Horvath a couple of others as well so and that's a good example of a coherent strategy and a team moving quickly um, but if you look on the other side obviously Huddersfield had an outstanding coach who's left and then their recruitment's been really patchy um, they've just signed a striker from non-league today Tallest striker in English football. Yeah. We were linked with about 18 months ago, like that Carl Hudlin. Yeah. So it can, yeah. So it can go both ways, but I think, uh, like Brownie said, it's a really good start on paper. And w- there's no denying Ryan Lowe has built up loads of momentum, um, a lot of goodwill, and he's got a lot of credit in the bank. So it would be remiss to waste the first four, five, six, seven games. You know, if we've got sort of Reese plus one over up front, obviously Maguire's injured. You've got Chad Evans or you've got Mikey O'Neill. It's not really what you want to be starting a season with, is it? It's not ideal, is it? For a championship team. But then, this is what I'm saying. We've still got six weeks. You know, it's not ideal, but things happen, don't they, in football? Yeah, I think the, the, wing, the wing-back situation I was just going to say is that very interesting as well because obviously Brady signed but apart from that obviously Earl's gone who was obviously an option there last season but you've got Cunningham I think is going to be secondary player you got Ola Sunday on the right who knows because obviously transfer listed then he's sort of come back into it uh, Brad Potts he's done fine but he's just fine and then everyone else played there as well you got Brown, McCann, DJ playing on the left so that's still, you could argue we need one more on each side still. Mm. And then the centre back options are quite basic, I'd say. I think left, left centre back is going to be an issue, isn't it? If Hughes gets injured or, or what. Because honestly, I mean, towards the end of last season, I don't know, Cunningham might have a decent pre season under his belt, but it's a little bit suspect to me um, playing there. So. And he's, he's and Lowe's already come out and said that's where his he's, his position's going to be, you know. So he doesn't have the lights for wing back, does he? Well, he played there, didn't he? He played there a few times, but well, there was Lowe one one toward the end of the season. Was it QPR at home toward the end of the season? He played there for about 65, 70 minutes, and then he swapped uh, Greg and Ali McCann over, moved Greg into centre mid. So he, he yeah, was he's just knackered. I don't use all three subs by then. Yeah, we had as well, but Greg yeah. was just fucked, wasn't he? He was goose. Oh, yeah, of course. I think because there yeah. are positions that are so obviously needed, I think they've kind of settled for the, the back three and thought, well, we need to kind of chuck a bit of money at these different positions, so anything else would be a luxury, I think. Given the fact they haven't got those players in now, at the minute, you know, all focus is on those key areas, isn't it, really? Bit of yeah, a risk, what, what, though, you know. If you if your key defenders get injured or suspended or whatever, you know, you 
Bit of a risk there for me. Lindsay, goals, huh? Lindsay Story, Cunningham. It's back up. Don't know about that, mate. Yeah, I'm still thinking about the brand of football. And obviously Ryan Lowe wants to play a particular style, which is possession heavy. Obviously, Freddie Woodman's better with his feet than Daniel Iverson. But the three players ahead of him are very important to starting off possession. And I just don't really see how that back three, whichever way you put it and whoever you put in it, is going to build through teams. I think it's going to be very reliant on Ben Whiteman again. When we saw back end of last season, teams just man-marking Ben Whiteman out of the game. Um, so you either need another midfielder to drop slightly deeper or you need better ball-playing defenders. And obviously, Sepp was fairly decent on the ball. He's gone. I wouldn't say it's Bambo's main strength. It's not Story's main strength. It's not Bowers. Hughes is okay. But I wouldn't really say it's a, a back three conducive to playing possession-style football. Um, it's a bit of a... I, I still think the back three, who, whoever you put in there, is a bit mismatch. Mm. I don't think it lends itself to a particular style of football. Ideally, you'd want to strengthen it, wouldn't you? If we were completely honest. But we could say that about three or four, maybe five positions in the team. Yeah, I just think that for a particularly possession-based football, when you're playing back three, I just think that's going to be so important. So that'd be quite interesting to see. Well, he's trying out on a Sunday. Looks as though he's played right centre-back, doesn't he? So, you know, you do wonder whether it's more suited for players who are more of a full-back type player, like Hughes has stepped in there and, and done well at left centre-back. Do you wonder whether he's exploring that because he thinks, I might need something more out there? Mm. Whether all of a sudden he's the man or not, I don't know. But. Was it not just cover because Bambo was injured? It might be, but I don't think he's going to play him wing-back, is he? I don't, I don't think he likes him there. Um, I know, as, as Peter not said that if all of a sudden he doesn't go, we're not going to sign another right wing back. I, I think that's know. what Tom Tom Sandals reported. Well, yeah. Peter said that, hasn't it? No, Tom Sandals said it as far as I know. So, yeah, it's a strange one, Vela Sunday, because I thought it'd be like a Harrop situation. Like I thought it would have been left at home. Obviously, Harrop's apparently training with Burton Albion. Um. I thought all of Sunday would have been left at home. So it's a bit of a weird one, but yeah, it's a weird one because he never actually finished that many games for Rotherham. I remember talking to you about this, Jake. He never actually finished that many games. So right wing back is obviously wing back is the most demanding role in this system. Um, so maybe I'd, I quite like full backs at the side of a back three as well. I've always liked that. So I get behind that if you wanted to try him there, but it's obviously not what he had in mind coming into the summer. I think you wanted to replace Seth with another quality player and we haven't really done that. I, I know it's early days still, but do you think if this window has the potential to go like many others have, specifically under uh, he who shall not be named former manager, or do you think it's too early to say that? It's far too early to say, and to be fair, like, I'm not. No, I, I don't feel that negative about it so far. I think we've got a decent yeah. keeper in. We've got a good. We've got a permanent keeper for the first time in what two years. That, that's a, a good, you know, and potentially could make us a lot of money in the future if he if, if he smashes it. You know, you've got 
a centre midfielder in Ben Whiteman that's now you know pretty coveted. There's a couple of bits out today like we should get Ben Whiteman, you know, from other Championship clubs because he's he, his numbers were good last season, you know, and he's clearly catching the eye. Now he's made the step up, you know. So what's he now worth five, six million potentially? You know, I I know I said like probably six months ago like I don't see like the next big side big sale here, but now we've got potentially two or three. You know, Reese Wood, um, Whiteman. And potentially would um keeper Woodburn. Is it Woodburn? No, it's not. I'm gonna get Woodman. these two. Woodburn. Oh, I'm gonna get these two really <laughs> badly mixed up all season. And to be fair though, Wood Woodburn, I know obviously like like we said earlier, he's he's gone off the boil a bit in recent seasons, but I, I think you don't have the time that he had at Liverpool if you're a shy footballer. And he's a he's a good age, he's twenty two. I think I think for me he was the victim. He was exactly like Josh Harrop. I think he scored in his Liverpool debut. Harrop scored in his United debut. I think it just builds up way too much pressure right from the off. And I think, I can't remember who he scored against, but it wasn't anyone fantastic, was it, for Liverpool? I think he was, it was only 16 cup. as well, weren't he? It yeah, a cup game. yeah. So that obviously six years ago, but he might, he might never have been Liverpool's standard player. You get tons of players come through these clubs who are never going to play long term. So I think that heaps uh, unfair pressure on. Um, <laughs> So I don't mind that one on the free. I think that's that could be quite good because I've wanted us to sign another attacking midfielder for quite a while because I don't think Brown's a natural possession-based attacking midfielder. I think Woodburn and DJ could play together potentially if you're chasing a game maybe or in different circumstances. So quite like it. And like Jimmy, I'm not actually negative about the window so far. Um, I just think Lowe would have liked a couple of established players in because I think he's gone on quite a lot of times about wanting proven players and robust players but I think he's moved away from that terminology in the last few weeks which is quite interesting but yeah the uh, Freddie Woodman thing's massive to lose Iverson and then go and replace him with a permanent keeper of his that, pedigree of his, of his quality yeah exactly yeah. you know if you told me 12 months ago we'd have Freddie Woodman as a permanent keeper 12 months later I, I wouldn't have believed you I think in, going in honesty Going to Bournemouth was the best thing that could have happened because they had an absolute mental one on January deadline day. They signed about five players and none of them played and people have just forgot about them. Like Siriki Dembele as well just didn't play. Bobby Brady, another one. Kiefer Morgan, oh no, he got injured to be fair, but they signed a lot and then Morgan Rogers went to Bournemouth and just didn't play. He weren't even in the 25-pound squad. Yeah, I was going to say. So, yeah. I don't think we were, if he'd had a full season somewhere else last season, uh, say a Luton, then he might be second choice at Newcastle, something like that. So we got to remember last season. Last season he started Newcastle's as Newcastle number one, didn't he? Because Debravka was injured. You know, I think he played four or five games. I know he had a nightmare against United, but some of those few games that United turned up at Old Trafford last season. Was it Ronaldo's debut? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think it did. I think he scored, didn't he? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> when you're a keeper and you're thrown into sort of that situation it's you only need to make one mistake I think he made a mistake just before half time potentially or really on in the game and it sort of set the tone of his performance and I don't think he played after that um, so we've we've got a guy who started for a Premier League team as their through injury obviously their first keeper at the start of last season and all of a sudden we've got him on a three, three year deal or whatever we've got him on might sound you know that's that's class for me I think Lowe will be really happy with that as well because I know he mentioned to you, Jake, when he was talking to you about Iverson and focused on his his ability with the ball, didn't he? And said, oh, you know, he's improved on it. Um, and Woodman's definitely an improvement on that. So 
think Lowe will be really happy with that. To be honest, I am, yeah. Um, it's just that the only thing for me, it's not a negative window. Or I don't feel particularly negative about it. It's just following a rather predictable pattern. Which I was going to say, that, it's not... I hope that they resolve. Yeah, it's not that I feel negative. It's just like we've been here before, haven't we? Groundhog Day all over again. Like... I can't think of many that we've started positively. Like signing Woodman on a three-year deal. I don't think a previous coach was backed in that such in in that way with a permanent keeper. So I can't remember last time we backed someone like that. Mm. Yeah. How, how much was he anyway? Because I know it gets undisclosed, but you hear about what people say. Does anyone know? I've not heard how much it was. Well, you got a sizable song, hasn't it, for Newcastle? Yeah, it will do. Yeah. Yeah, but if you can stay fit for 40 games, then you're looking at potentially one of the best keepers in the league. Still five or so years off his peak, some might say so. Yeah, he's a good age, isn't he, at 25? You know. He's perfect yeah. because he's got two, three years' experience at the level. He's got youth experience for England, but he's not at his peak yet. When, and I never was, got, it, was it the under-17s World Cup he won or under-20s or whatever it was? Not sure. But I never got the feeling that Lowe was that as warm towards Iverson as the fans were. So I don't think Iverson was a massive loss for Lowe. And especially now we've got Woodman and he probably does see it as an upgrade. So that's one position that's been instantly upgraded. So there that's a, a lot, There was really a lot positive. of talk about the number two coming in. Did you, did you boys make much of a thing of it when, when it happened or not forced number two, not going to play, hopefully? Mm. There's nothing that you can really say is that in the days come to compete with Ferry for the first choice spot. I, I don't I, I don't remember seeing much of him, to be fair. I did um what's his name? Dan McCantony mentioned on his podcast or something towards the end of the season. I can't remember. I think he basically played for Peterborough because uh, Peterborough had a falling out with Christy Pym, who was their keeper. Uh, and they had they had Bender from Swansea. Uh, but I think he might have got injured or he got called back. Um, but he's, uh, Cornell's date is by far the worst in the league last season. And I know people say it's because it's he was in a poor team, but the date is uh, adjusted. So it's like the average shots that he's faced and goals prevented. He's the worst. Um, so I would be interested to see what happened if Woodman got injured tomorrow. Would they go and sign another number one? And I, my gut feeling would be yes. So the main thing about number twos is making sure your number one stays fit and then they're a good signing, aren't they? Yeah, it's how do you go about it? Do you do what we've done in the past where you sign two quite similar goalkeepers like Rudd and Maxwell? Or do you sign a loan keeper? Or do you get a permanent one in and if you've invested so much in him, he's not going to accept another good number one coming in, is he? So you kind of, you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket, aren't you, on the number one? But you can just pray and he stays fit. And I think what they do then is they probably go and get a loan, wouldn't they? In a similar like Iverson, they did when Rudd got injured. I think that's what they do if he got injured. So yeah. to me, it just doesn't really, doesn't really bother but, me that much. Yeah, I just, uh, I just think the main thing about number twos is like I think Low mentioned like personality because obviously they're not going to play and they don't expect to play. So by all accounts, it seems like a decent character yeah, you'd, uh, you'd assume that they'd be pretty cheap as well 
in terms I think of it's wages. A, considering we had Ripley, who came out five minutes into every first half of a cup of tea, I think it's a, a definite upgrade. It's true. It's true. <laughs> no, it's true. I know it's true. He used to walk in front of us. Uh, <laughs> Imagine if Iverson got injured in the second minute. No, I have to, I have Brady's, to... uh, not Brady. Uh, Ripley's brewing up in the, in the canteen. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I often wondered, like, what is Ripley doing here? He's probably putting five sugars in his tea. Like, get, get a move on. <laughs> so if Cornell's on the bench, by the time the game kicks off, it's an instant upgrade. What was the make of the... Uh... Sorry, Jim, go on. As I say, just speaking of uh, starts to the season, I'm just flicking back through uh, our previous years. I'm just I've got back to 2008-09. Guess how many opening day fixtures we've won since? Um, one, Sheffield Wednesday, home game. No, got... UPR as well we won, didn't we? Two. Yeah. Were they both under Alex Neal at the start of his reign? Um, they were both under Neal, we... yeah. And we won that one. So, we, if you include, so from 2009-10 season, we've won two games on the opening day. And yes, they were both on the Lord Baltimore. Were they were both home games. Were they clean sheet wins? One no mm. wins, weren't they? Yeah, I remember a DJ penalty against Sheffield Wednesday. I think Hugo got fouled. Yeah, that was uh, 2017, 18, 2017-18, and. UPR was a weird header from Brown from memory. UPR yeah, was Alan, that was Alan Brown. Yeah. yeah. Well done, 4th of August 2018. So we the started only two that times. season. We won that game, but we started that season so bad, didn't we, after then? Um, okay. We were like bottom, weren't we? Yeah. After a few games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, after 10 games, we'd won. Oh, after 11 games, we'd won one game and got three draws. And yeah. then we went on a bit of a run after that. But the damage was pretty much done at that point. We got actually got to seventh after game week 38, and then it just all went to shit, didn't it? Yeah, it's interesting how that happens. So that's like 12 seasons we've won two games. On the opening day. Yeah. That's but what I was yeah. saying before, though. You know, you, you could be throwing away points here by just not mm. actually addressing the, the squad before you actually kick off. You're just wasting points. Um, yeah. He's... Which would, be, which would be a shame to do it this season. Just as well, I think it highlights what a waste the start of last season was, given the quality of the league last season. Don't even go there. I said, I remember coming out after the Huddersfield game and said, we need to sack him now. And yeah. what was that, the second game? Second right. game. Whatever it was, it was just pitiful. And it's, so we had, what was it, Hull, Reading, and then Huddersfield. Huddersfield, yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving very swiftly on. Before, yes. Yeah. Okay. In, in terms of the rest of the window, then, how many do you boys think we need in as a minimum, and what positions? Like what, what's what's the what's the fewest number of players in certain positions that you'd think is acceptable? I'd say we need minimum of four. Left well, wing I back, think... right wing back, two strikers. Yeah, I think so. And I then if so. we could do some, if we could do something with the some of the back three, that'd be all right. I think that's your minimum, isn't it? For yeah, a striker replace any future outgoings uh, and a wing back either side is the bare minimum for me. 
because we've got to look at bare minimums because ultimately this is best enough and we're talking about not talking yeah you know, and I think that may be the case that we get in ideally probably want two up top one for each full back and defensive cover as well I think the awkward thing we've got with our defence is a lot of the players are quite newly signed mm. and they're not great like Lindsay Greg quite newly signed obviously Bowers had a recent extension Story's the one you thought might have gone and I thought it was going to go. And then obviously Bambo's just been signed so there's not much wiggle room. But we're lacking quality there. So I'm just, look- I'm just looking at what's coming up out of contracts this summer coming. And at the minute you got Cunningham, Lindsay, all of Sunday, Ledson, DJ, Harrop if he's still here, O'Reilly again if he's still here. Um, Evans, Maguire, Colton, and then both the new lads, I believe. So, yeah, Wood, Woodburn and Brady. Yeah, yeah, I know we've got an option on Woodburn, haven't we? What did we give Di Cornell? Did we give him a two? I think so. There's not many though, out of that list, is there, that you'd think would, would be worth a contract extension? DJ? No, yeah, I'm I'm saying not many. DJ Ledson, maybe. No, it looks like another good opportunity next summer to get rid of some yeah. bad I think what's interesting this summer is they mentioned that there's a specific budget this summer. When in the past there's been a curveball last minute, here we are, here's a, here's a couple of million going by a player, McCann-type scenario, which I don't think there will be this year. I think they'll be working to a strict budget, aren't they? So you do wonder whether... If there's a little bit left in the budget, might that DJ's contract then get sorted or or what? You don't know. Because you'd think getting DJ sorted would be pretty much a priority for the club, wouldn't it? You know, one year that left. What would you give player. him? Another, another two years, three years? I gave him two last time, didn't they? So, yeah, time down, yeah. Was it not a three? Yeah. No, no, it was a two and a half, wasn't it? Yeah. Two and a half, I think it's Brown or three and a half, I think it was. So it was that it was that winter of discontent, as we'll call it, you know, in terms of Fisher Pearson, um, Davis, and then DJ and Brown, all that contract in the in the summer. Obviously we're cashing on Fisher, cashing on Davis, lost Pero for peanuts, and then but although I think I think we've got a bit extra, haven't we? Because Bournemouth went up. So I think it's quite clear that Obviously, loads of players have left in summer. So, and the market has changed. It's like there's so many free agents knocking about. A lot of them have been tied up now. I think they might have been banking a little bit on spending a bit more on wages, but on free agents. I think uh, Lowe said, said to me when I spoke to him, he was like, We're not going to, this isn't verbatim, but words to the effect of, we're not going to go out and spend millions and millions on a player, but we've, we can pay the wages now or something like that, he said. Well, if you actually, yeah, if you actually look at how much has come off the wage bill, it's crazy Mm. the amount of players who've left and both the ex-managers. So, like Cyrus Christie's not been tied up yet. Andre Gray obviously has, but it was quite a lot of others as well at the time, uh, earlier on in the summer, who have been tied up. So, yeah, um, it's interesting what's going to happen. I think obviously Archer, they're obviously holding out for, but there probably is. Uh, money there for loan deals as well which I'm not a massive fan of but if they are quality and they are better than what we've got then do it but I think it does leave you in this predicament every summer 
because we're now saying like we've lost set. Obviously, we've replaced Iverson, but then what do you do about the Archer thing? So, but there should be like leeway, a bit of wiggle room. And I, I, the other thing I was going to say was the only thing about having a manager with such a strict uh, formation is if he does leap halfway through the season and you go to like a back four manager, you're stuck with about seven centre-backs and five wing-backs. Obviously, that's my pet hate along with the loan thing. So we just need to be careful that we're not getting like strictly wing-back players because I'm not sure where else Robbie Brady, for example, could play. Yeah, but don't worry. In Peter's top drawer, he's got <laughs> the next manager ready. So... Don't worry about but that, Ollie. It will genuinely be interesting to see if we do stick with back three managers because a lot of clubs are now going down the route of sticking to managers with certain formations. So it will be interesting to see. Obviously, Lowe's going to be here for probably the next decade and he's going to obviously take us to Europe, etc. But it will be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, that's they obviously bust putting all the eggs in the uh, Cameron Archer basket. What, what do you make? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk in the last, what, week maybe about Callum Robinson coming back. Seen a very small number of people that say we shouldn't go and get him. What, what do you boys think? I mean, I, I know what you're going to say, and I'm sure anyone listening knows what you're going to say, but let's have the, let's have the conversation. Robbo return? Why would you say no? What are the reasons people have been giving? Well, look. I'm not saying no. No, I know you're not, but I think you've uh, you've challenged a few, haven't you? Have I? On Twitter. Bob Robinson? Yeah. Have I really? I don't remember. Yeah, I, think you, I think you shared the tweet in the group earlier on. Uh, maybe I did. It's been a busy day. been watching a lot of footy today. Well, I'd sign Robinson. The only thing about Robinson is, obviously, he doesn't fit into a 3-5-2 perfectly well he's always going to be a 4-3-3 player for me a narrow left forward with an overlapping fullback like Greg Cunningham in 2017 what a squad that was by the way but that's the only thing about Robinson is the, <laughs> is the 3-5-2 thing um, he's better than what he we've scored, got though isn't he well I think he scored seven goals last season and got nine assists I yeah. think he started about 25 games he scored five in the Prem for West Brom. I think he scored five in the Prem for Chef U or something along those lines. So he's 27 years old. He's never had any speed anyway, so he's not lost his speed. Technically superb. He can shoot, he can assist. He's a ready-made championship player that Lowe's going on about. Um, I, I genuinely cannot see any arguments against it. Like, I just... If he had not played for PE before and he scored, I was just going to say that. Yeah. If if he hadn't played for us and we were linked with him, you'd be delighted. I don't get what there isn't to like about it. If he comes back, it's it's a great sign, and you know, and I think Ollie put in argument before about would you take Robinson, and and it meant not getting Archer back. You say Archer went to West Brom as his replacement, and completely depends if it's a loan or a perm. In my head, you know, in terms of. That that cellular assets piece, and um, but I think Robinson's an outstanding player at this level. You got to think like we got eight million quid for him. What three four years ago? I think it was four years, three or four years ago. Yesterday we sold him for eight million quid, and all of a sudden we're, we're getting him back potentially on a, a cut price deal. If not alone, 
you know, if, if he does come back through the door. I think it's a great move for everybody, really. He played his best football of his career, arguably, with us. I, I do get the concern about 3-5-2. Um, you know, when he went to Sheffield United, I didn't think it was the right move from at the time anyway, because like the, the, the way that Chris Wilder was playing 3-5-2 at that, at Sheffield United at that moment in time. And I just thought, hmm, you're spending eight million quid on a player that really doesn't fit your system. Mm. But, you know, he's probably matured more as a player. I'd see him as a nine with Reese, you know, but he's probably one of these that can link up, play a lot better um, and, and let Reese be playing on, on the shoulder of the last man. So I have absolutely no arguments if, if they choose to bring him in and, and they can cut the financials, you know, and yeah. he plays like he had previously for us, you know, and fans loved him. You know, he loved being here as well by all accounts. So, yeah, if we can get the opportunity to do it, then just do it. I think he'd, he'd, he'd just be a big upgrade on Sean Maguire, which is which is who he would be upgrading. Yeah. So they play quite a similar way within that system. Uh, they both played left full, left wing under Alex Neal at different times. And they're both quite similar players. They're like half-term players who could link play quite well. Obviously, Maguire's a bit more uh, developed in contact duels, aerials, etc., winning flick-ons. Um but yeah, I think he'd just be a massive upgrade. Robinson or Chet Evans. I know Robinson wears gloves and doesn't put himself about, but there's just no question. So if the club can get that done, then that'd be one of the best signings in recent years for me. And I don't care if he's played. And I agree with Jimmy. He should have gone to Bournemouth. Yeah. Sticks every box for us, doesn't he? You know, he's, and not, also, he's not... Typically, he's not the type of player that you'd expect us to be linked with. No, but also I would say if he does come in, then he does give you that slight option to change formation maybe to a 3-4-3 if you want to, because he's a specialist on that left side. So you want to go 3-4-3 with like Woodburn one side, Robinson the other, Reese up front. It just gives you a bit more flexibility anyway. Um, so I, I really can't see any any negatives. We aren't really linked with many others, are we? Let's be fair. <laughs> it's all a little bit quiet. The rumour mill this this summer has probably been the quietest. I've really known it for a number of years, and I don't know if that's just because Lowe's kept everything in house and sort of under lock and key. So where have they got rid of the mole? Don't know if they've got rid of the mole, but I don't think loose lips aren't going to sink any ships this this summer. So <laughs> it does seem does just seem quiet, like no real rumours. Obviously, I think everyone sort of heard about Freddie Woodman. It's a couple of days before it happened, but it seems like it was over line by then. Di Cornell thing the same. Robbie Brady came out of well, out having a trial, didn't it? Really, where him and Woodburn were on trial. Obviously, I think he confirmed to one of the press and he about Woodburn, but Brady was just a bit of a yeah late news. But then next minute, they both signed contracts, and it's like, all right. Okay. Yeah, I think Daily Mail was uh, was the one to. Um, not Woodburn, Woodburn, but they they put the story out, didn't they? Uh, in terms of the youth, then obviously there's been there's been a lot of talk about Mikey O'Neill and uh, Lewis Colton's played a few games at left wing back. Do you think many of the young lads will get a look in next season? I know Lowe said he wants a squad of around 22, 23 plus two, three, maybe four young lads in and around it. Is there anyone that you you think will? Apart from obviously the obvious with Mike and O'Neill, that will get an opportunity. The lad who's just signed a contract last week, George just keeps messaging me saying he looks like a big man. 
So, um, yeah, George says he looks like a man. So he's ready for men's football. Keep him around. Um, there was one player obviously left off the trip to Spain. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I think, um, I don't think any of them are going to play, if I'm being honest. They all need loans, don't they? In an ideal world, you want them to get out on loan, don't you? Obviously, O'Neill, if you don't get striker, he's going to be around longer than the rest. He, he does like O'Neill. He was like yeah. Mikey O'Neill, doesn't he? So he's probably the only one, if there was to be any, who'd, who'd stay, I think. I think only yeah. Colton's been around because we haven't, we haven't had a left wing back, have we? So yeah, the only reason that, why he's been playing. That was a case of needs must, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, unless you boys have got anything else you want to say. Then hold think... on. No, 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 hold on. Lewis Colton's not a bit of needs most. I think Lewis Colton went out last season, got quite a few games under his belt for Warrington in that league and did well for himself. So I don't think it's needs most. I think the kids like, probably earned his chance. Yeah, but I don't think he'd have played as much as they had in pre-season had we had a natural left wing back in. He played 90 minutes against Brig, didn't he? I'd, I'd, yeah, but that's because... <laughs> The reason was Robert Bates didn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't the case. But um, no, the kid deserves his chance. You know, he's, he's put the hard, hard work in. He seems to have a bit of quality about him. If he gets a chance in the cups or he gets a chance out on loan, then fair play to the lad. I think we're going to need to keep him because the likelihood is when you've got Cunningham, Brady, Who's the, who's the third option for left wing back? We don't have one, do we? There it we was go. Josh so, Earl. There, so he, he pretty much bumped Colton up there pecking order, on it? So I don't think he'll be going out on them because we're probably going to need him because given Brady and Cunningham's injury records, he's probably going to make his debut in August. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, boys. Unless you've got anything else you want to say, then I think we can end it. We're going to touch on the kit? No. no. That's not quite controversial. I think, think Bambo looks superb in that kit. I just don't understand how grown men can go upset about a football cut. Yellows. On that note, boys, thanks very much for your time. <laughs> Yellows. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll be back in about 10 days or so. Uh, back to normal. We'll uh, we'll do some predictions. Jimmy can get his sheet out again. I hope not. Not after last year. I'll just feel the second bottom. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, last one, fellas. So. See you later.